us are in a fight. A fight for what really matters. Want to live a God-honoring, blessed life of purity? You'll need to fight for it. Want a healthy, life-giving marriage? You'll need to fight for it. Want to raise godly, responsible children? Well, you'll need to fight for it. But be prepared. You will take a beating before you reach your blessing. Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. That's the call of a warrior. You will get knocked down. But warriors, get up. All right, 2023, launching with this warrior series. Every warrior needs a model. Every warrior needs someone to look up to, to imitate, to follow after. Who is your model for being a warrior? Uh, on a human level, my, my model was my, my father, incredible man of God, and, and God took him home to heaven way too early, but he was one of my models. But my model for the ultimate warrior is Jesus Christ himself. See, our, our, our culture has this twisted, inaccurate view of Jesus Christ that uh, he was weak, that he was soft. And, and on the Sermon on the Mount, he said, blessed be those poor who are poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of God. That is not the Jesus of the New Testament. There's 5,000 just men, let alone if there's more women and children, and he had a booming voice, and at the end of uh, the Sermon on the Mount, the people were like, whoa. He spoke with power. He spoke with authority. He, he, not like our rabbis speak. Jesus was a warrior. John Actually, the Old Testament gives a, gives a sneak peek about Jesus, describing him as the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. The Lord is a warrior. The, the Lord is his name. Jesus is a warrior. John, the disciple John, at the end of his life, he receives a vision from Jesus himself about Jesus coming back the second time. Oh, Jesus came as a cute little baby the first time. We love that at Christmas. But the next time he comes back, here's how John describes him. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called, this is Jesus' names, faithful and true. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like a blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. Goes on to say, and he is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the word of God. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. My warrior, my warrior, thank you, Krista, for celebrating Jesus with me today. My warrior has eyes blazing with fire, a sword coming out of his mouth, his robe dipped in blood, and on his thigh and on his robe says, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That is not weak. That is not soft. That is Jesus Christ. People that, 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 that denigrate Jesus and that he's so weak and wimpy and soft have never read the firsthand accounts of the gospel of Jesus in the Bible. That's my warrior model. That's who I want to imitate. Not that I'm going to be walking to church with the sword coming out of my mouth 
Actually, I have the sword right here called the Word of God. But uh, I'm not going to be dripping in blood because our, our, our cleanup crew will not appreciate that with all the carpet. But Jesus is my model. He is the ultimate warrior. We, got, we started this service, a series last Sunday. And here is kind of the, the foundational premise in this warrior series. It's, it's this, that God has given every warrior someone to protect a kingdom to advance, and a battle to win. I'm looking out in front of many people that God has said, you are a warrior. Now act like it. You are a warrior. Get prepared. You have someone to protect, a kingdom to advance, and a battle to win. Today's message is, is, is entitled, Killing Our Inner Coward. Killing Our Inner Coward. If you have a copy of God's Word, turn to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. Now many people can portray one thing on the outside, but it's very different on the inside. Many people can portray on the outside confidence, security, fearlessness, courage, but actually the reality on the inside is fear is timid, is insecure. That, that's pretty, pretty normal. And we're going to see in this story how, how this is actually all comes to play. Now, the backstory to Judges chapter 6 is that the people of God, the Israelites, were in bondage. God told them before kings, God sent you know, the kings, he said, follow me, worship me, and I will bless you. I will provide for you. I will protect you. But if you fall away from me, you turn away from me, and you go after other idols and other gods that have no power, I will let you be overtaken by enemies. So the Israelites walked away from God, began to serve other idols like Baal, and God allowed the Midianites to come in and to conquer them. The Midianites were ruthless. They came into their village and destroyed their villages. They burnt their houses. They allowed them to plant seed. But when the harvest came, they would come in and steal their harvest. They, were murder, they would murder their families. And for seven years now, the Israelites were in abject poverty and in bondage in fear. Because they had disobeyed God. Now, I've said many times over the years... Obedience leads to blessings. You obey God, God will bless you. Well, the opposite is also true. Disobedience leads to bondage. Disobedience to God will lead you in some form or shape of bondage. That's the backstory of chapter 6. And now a man named Gideon arrives into the storyline. On one hand, Gideon was brave, was courageous. Because he's the only one in his family that followed after the Lord. He was the only one in his tribe that followed the Lord. But on the inside, he was also weak and insecure. Pick up in verse 11, chapter 6. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah, she's everywhere, that belonged to Joas the Abizarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat 
in a wine press. Stop right there. Threshing wheat in a wine press. They, they would thresh wheat in the, an open space where they would take the wheat and throw it in the air and the wind would take away the chaff and the real seeds would land. They would just throw it in the air, let the wind take away the chaff and it would fall down. And then after a while, they had the wheat kernels to make bread. They would do it in the open. A wine press is a hole in the ground. It was, you know, down in the ground where they put the grapes and then they would stomp the grapes and then it would flow out and they would make wine. You don't thresh wheat in a wine press. Why? It says it right here. Why is he doing that? To keep it from the Midianites. He was scared. He was trying to provide for his family, but he was doing it in fear. Verse 12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, if you know anything about the story, you kind of chuckle inside like, really? But that's what God said. I am with you, mighty warrior. I love this. Um, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. I got a question for you. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they, they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? Where, where is the sea? It's parting of the Red Sea. Where's the pillar of fire? Where's those miracles of the past? But now, Gideon said, the Lord has abandoned us. Actually, it was the opposite. And this is actually true. And God has given us into the hand of Midian. He, he had his theology wrong. God had not abandoned them. They abandoned God. And we're living in bondage as a result. Verse 14, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? <clears throat> Excuse me, pardon me, my Lord. Uh, got another question. How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you. And you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. See, God saw in Gideon what Gideon didn't see in himself. God sees in you what often you don't see in yourself. And God sees a warrior in you and is going to call out you to be a warrior, warrior, a man warrior, a woman warrior, a grandma warrior, a teenage warrior. God sees in us what we don't often see in ourselves. You find this all through Scripture. God saw in Gideon what Gideon didn't see, wasn't even acting like it. God saw a warrior in him. God saw in Esther, a very, very strong queen, but what she didn't see in herself to save the whole nation. God saw in Mary, the mother of Jesus, and she, he saw in Mary what Mary didn't see. And this is a miracle. God saw in Peter that no one saw. God called Peter out to be a warrior, even when Peter wasn't acting like a warrior or thought himself as a warrior. So when God is going to call us to be a warrior and do warrior things for him, Here's the challenge. Here's the central point today. 
is that every warrior must fight their inner fear of failure. Every warrior must fight their inner fear of failure. Gideon said, oh, um, pardon me, Lord, who am I? I'm from this like little tribe of Manasseh and my clan inside the Manasseh is small and I'm, I'm the least of all my family. God, obviously you got the wrong person. Every warrior must fight their fear of failure. See, we, we, we think warriors have no fear. Oh no. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's the determination to keep, keep going in spite of fear. That's what makes warriors warriors. It's not because they're not afraid. It's that they keep moving forward in spite of fear. All of us need people in our lives as warriors to speak courage into us. That's called encouragement. We need or lack courage, and someone speaks encouragement saying, I think God wants you to do this. You should follow through. You should go for it. I believe in you. Do you have people in your lives that breathe encouragement to you? Because inside you're fearful, maybe insecure. You're hesitant. Okay, God wants me to do this. God is calling me to this role. And I have this fear. And God has strategically placed people in your life to encourage you, to believe in you, to say, I will be praying for you. Go for it. With God's help, you can do that. Are you an encourager or a discourager? Do you suck courage out of someone by discouragement, critical statements, condescending thought, I mean, uh, words and descriptions? Or are you a person to breathe courage into your kids, your grandkids, your friends, your spouse, those that you work with? See, God saw a warrior in Gideon as he's threshing wheat in a pit so that the Midianites do not see him and come and steal his wheat. And God asked him to be a warrior. God asked him to be a warrior. And he had fear. We have fear. And, and that's why we hesitate to be a warrior. Because uh, what if I fail? What if I, what if I step out and, and it doesn't go well? Uh, we have been called, if you're, if you're a parent, you have been called to be a parent. And you could be fearful. Like, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, I, no baby comes with a manual instructions, you know, and, and, and you need God and God's help. As a spouse, you've been called, if you're married, you've been called to be a spouse. But I, I don't know, I, I don't want to fail as a spouse. Well, that, that's why you need God. That's why you need God's word. That's why you need counsel. That's why you need resources to do what God has called you to do. God has called some of you to be small business owners. You are risk takers. You are a hero. You take a lot of risk and there's fear. Especially in times of economic tensions and inflation. If you're a leader, God has called you to be a leader. Whether it's over in your house or at work or, or whatever your role is, there is fear 
at almost every leader. Will I lead and will they not follow? All these fears. See, God saw a warrior in Gideon. See, see, here's the thing. Gideon had no clue what God was going to do. What God was going to do, he was going to supply the victory, not Gideon. But he wanted to use Gideon. He wanted to use Gideon as his tool to accomplish what God was going to do. And, and so God said, hey, I am with you, mighty warrior. He's probably like, uh, who are you talking to? That's not me. God goes, yes, you are. You're a mighty warrior. So in, in this story, I won't read it all, um, he's, he's hesitant, he's insecure, and, and he, he tests God with these things called fleeces. Okay, God, if, if, if this is really true, this is really accurate, could, could you do this? And God did it, and that gave him a little more encouragement, and, but he was still insecure. Okay, God, now you did that, you answered that clearly, you did the impossible there. Now I got another test for you, I got another fleece for you, because I just want to be sure <laughs> that, that, that you're going to be with me. And God humored him, was gentle with him. God was nice, and he did it again. And that gave courage to Gideon to step out in faith to do what God was calling him to do, to be a vessel to save his people. What about you? You hesitant? You're insecure? I don't know how to be a parent. How am I? How am I supposed to be a leader to my family? I, I don't know what to do. I, I may fail. Well, doing nothing is failure. But you're thinking the same thing. I I I can't do that. God, God is calling you to to. I want you to share Christ with your friends and coworkers. Oh, whoa, God, I don't, uh, I, I don't, that's not me. That's why, that's why we pay pastors to do that. God goes, no, 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 I placed you in that office. I placed you with that friend. I want you, and I will make an open door conversation possible, step through and brag on Jesus. I don't, God, I don't know enough. God, I, I want you to be a light on your campus, in your office, on your boat. But, but, but what will people think? You got, we got all these insecure things that God, God's saying, I am calling you to be a warrior. And God will tell you the same thing he told Gideon. By the way, I am with you, mighty warrior. But God, uh, me, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not qualified. I will be with you. That's one of the coolest promises Jesus said. I will be with you to the end of the age. I mean, to the end of this age, before I set up my kingdom, I will be with you. See, God's going to do what only God can do, but he's looking for willing warriors. To say, okay, God, I don't know why you're choosing me. I don't know why you're calling me to do this, but I'm willing. My mom always said this as a kid growing up. Barry, would you be willing to be willing? Now, 16 years old, I I need to think about that. But would you be willing to be willing to be used by God? God, 
is with you. So Gideon, now, having a measure of faith that God is indeed calling him to do something way outside his comfort zone, he follows. He sends words out, word out to the people. Hey, hey we're going we're gonna to take on Midian. And if you want to fight with me against Midian, meet at Mount Gilead at this time. And, and he, I'm sure, I'm sure that he's just like us. Is anybody going to show? Is anybody going to show up? And he goes to, by faith, to Mount Gilead, and 32,000 men show up. Now, compared to the army of Midian, still way outnumbered, but I'm sure that encouraged his heart. Like, people actually came. And now, oh, then there's pressure. And now they're looking at me. Now they're going to have to follow me. And 32,000 people showed up, men showed up, to, okay, we're going to follow you in fighting Midian. During the chapter 7, verse 2, because when God calls us to do something and we take a step of faith, um, God, you know, he has some other things for us. Look at verse 2. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. <laughs> I'm sure he's thinking, no, I need like 232,000. No, 32,000 men, you have too many. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands or Israel, and we would do this, would boast against me saying, my own strength has saved me. Look what I did. He goes, no, you have too many. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. Hey, guys, if you're afraid, you can leave. So 22,000 men left. 22,000 men left. Now let me pause right there. We are telling the story of what God did in and through Gilead. I mean, Gideon, thousands and thousands of years after this took place. I guarantee you, all those men who left because they were afraid, they were given the get out of war battle card, and they took it. When they saw and heard what God did, I believe because they're just like us as human beings, they live the rest of their life with like, I blew it. I missed out because of my fear. God did a great thing that I was invited to participate in, but my fear caused me to miss it. 22,000 men left while 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. I'm sure God, Gideon's going, are you kidding me? He said, take them down to the water, and I will thin them out for you there. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go with you. So Gideon took the men down to the water, and there the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues as dogs lap. You know, like they're all on all four and just, just threw their head in the water. Okay, separate those who do that from those who kneel down to drink. 300 of them drank with cup hands. They didn't throw their face in the water. They dipped their hands in the water and drank this way. Now, they still had to look down. And to do this, 
He says, separate those. There was 300 who drank that way, and then um, 300 that drank from cupped hands, cupped hands lacking, lapping like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go. Place yourself in the sandals of Gideon. Now I got 300 over here, and I got to tell 9,700, you guys can go home. And he turned into the 300, all right, we're it. <laughs> if you're one of the 300, you're like, no, I think I'm leaving. This is bad math. This does not pencil out. There are tens and tens and tens of thousands of Midianites coming. And there's just 300 plus Gideon. 301. Here's what I have personally experienced. And if you've been walking with God and he has called you to do things, you are probably going to understand the principle that I'm going to share. When God has called you, to do something. Here's the first thing. A step backwards is often the most important step forward. It'll play on words. If you're going to be a warrior, that's going to kind of I'm going to face my fear of failure and God's calling you to do something that's outside your comfort zone, most likely you're going to have to take a step backwards in order to take the most important step forward. Meaning, you, okay, this is what God's called me to do. I'm going to do it. God's like, why don't you take your pride and step back? Why don't you take your, okay, I got experience. Why don't you take, your, take a step back from your experience, from your education? In almost every church that God has called me to, and this is just the way it happened. I never took a step forward financially. I often took a step back financially. <laughs> as, a, as a young pastor, I'm going, God, why, why would you do that? Now I'm in a larger church, and now I'm making less money. God's like, because I called you there. See, be, before you step forward to do what God's called you to do, maybe there's some things in your life that God goes, you need to take a step back out of a, an unhealthy friendship. That's not going to help you go forward. There's some habits in your life that I, I can't use you until you take a step backwards and stop doing those bad habits. There's some things in your life that I got to prune from you so that I can grow in you. Often a step backwards is the most important step forward. When you know that God is calling you to be a warrior, He's going to call you to step back. Why is this so important? Because then we lean into God more. We lean into his strength more. Okay, God, I'm outside my comfort zone. I'm leading my family in a way I've never led before. I need you more now than ever. I I took this position that doesn't pencil out, and I'm, 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 I'm doing this by faith. God, I'm going to lean into you more than ever. See what happens? We pray more. When we need God more, 
We got to take a step back. Yeah, uh, I, me- I remember going to um, to India for the first time, and and, and we put it in these groups. And uh, there was a man named Sherman in, in our church, and he's with the Lord now. Super cool. He was like our own black Dick Clark. He never aged, and he's like he's like sixty five years old, and he looks forty. And, and so Sherman and I were were uh, partnered up to go into these villages that had never heard Jesus before. And I'm like, okay, cool. I get to share the gospel. It's awesome. Got to use a translator. No problem. And so Sherman and I, we called ourselves, you know, Ebony and Ivory. And, and we went into a village. And we went down this dirty dirt path. And we, and we met at a tree. The whole village came out. Sherman told his story, how God saved him. And then I gave the gospel. And at the end, if you'd like to receive Jesus... Raise your hand. And about, you know, five, six people in the village raised their hand. I'm like, awesome. And they accepted Jesus. And pastors were there uh, that, that uh, would follow up with them. Then we walked down the dirt path to the next village. And we, we reversed it. I heard my story of how God saved me. And, and Sherman shared the gospel. At the end, he says, okay, if you'd like to accept Jesus, raise your hand. The whole village put their hands up. The whole village. And I'm thinking, because I'm competitive, I'm like, that's cool, kind of. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a flawed sinner, too, and, and so that was awesome. Then we went to the next village, and we flipped it again, and he shared, and I gave the gospel, and uh, just a handful gave their, 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 their souls to Christ. We went to the next village, and I shared my testimony. Sherman shared the gospel, and the whole village accepts Jesus. This happened three times, and as I'm walking down the path, I'm having a problem. And God spoke to me quietly. He said, Barry, thanks for coming to India, but I don't need you. Thanks, God. God wanted me to take a step back. My pride, my experience, my resources, God was like, I don't really need you. And I'm so glad God did that on the first day. Because it changed my whole heart and mindset the rest of the mission trip. God doesn't need us. And I gotta, sometimes we got to take a step back by faith. Why? Because God will get all the glory, not us. So Gideon obeys. And he sends everyone but 300 men home. Midianites hear this. They hear something's happening, we need to send the army. And they went into this large valley and they filled the entire valley with, with soldiers and horses and chariots and tents. I mean, it, they, and, and the pastor says you, you couldn't even number them. And here's Gideon and his 300 men gathering for the craziest military strategy that has ever happened before or since to this day. This military strategy makes no sense at all. So God tells Gideon, here's what I want you to do. And, and Gideon then gathers his 300 men and said, here's, here's our plan. Look at verse 16 of chapter 7. Here's verse 16. He, said, he says, dividing the 300 men into three companies, he placed trumpets and empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. Okay, here's a trumpet. You're going to need this. 
And um, you got a torch here, but, I, but I'm, I've covered it with like a clay jar so no one can see. That's it. Both hands. Not a sword in their hands. I'm sure they're thinking, this is weird. Okay. Verse 17. Watch me, he told them. Follow my lead. And when I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. When I and all who are with me blow our trumpets, then from all around the camp, blow your trumpet and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. Gideon and the hundred men went with them. Just picture this. They started spreading out the three, three early groups to encircle the entire valley. Spaced out. Spaced out. Verse 19. Gideon and 100 men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, middle of the night, just after they had changed the guard. They blew their trumpets and then broke the jars that were in their hands. The, the three companies blew the trumpets, smashed the jars, grasping the torches in their left hand holding it, uh, and holding in their right hand the trumpets they, they were to blow. They shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. And while each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran and cried as they fled. When the 300 trumpets sounded, imagine they're in dead sleep and all of a sudden they're hearing trumpets, the Lord caused the men throughout the camps to turn on each other with their swords. <laughs> okay, guys, here's your trumpet. Here's a torch covered with a clay jar. We're going to spread around. When you hear me blow, you all blow. He was, he was from southern Gilead. And, and then blow the trumpets, and then we're going to smash the, the jar. I'm thinking he probably used the trumpet, like a, a shafar horn, to smash the, the, the clay jar, and now there's torches all the way around. And then they all shout, to the Lord and to Gideon! And then they watched. Craziness happened. God caused the Midianites to turn their swords on each other, meaning, I don't want to be killed by Gideon, so you kill me and I'll kill you. One, two, three. Ah, damn. Thousands and thousands and tens and tens of thousands as they're all shouting. Woo! That is crazy. See, God knew way back when he saw Gideon throwing the wheat inside a wine press and he says, I am with you, almighty warrior. Talking to me. I want you to go save Midian, uh, the people from Midian, the Midianites. Me? I can't do that. I, I'm, I'm not qualified. I'm way out of my element. I am with you. God was going to do it. He just wanted to know if he had a willing warrior. Now here's an important, very important principle. Warriors advance when they stand their ground. Warriors advance when they stand their ground. It's opposite of what we think. Warriors advance when they run, and they fight, and they do. No, they advance when they stand their ground. Look at verse 21 on the screen here. 
while each man, they're all circled around this valley, this big, huge plain, while each man held his position around the camp, and then all the Midianites ran crying as they, they, as they fled. Picture yourself, it's the middle of the night, you have a trumpet in one hand and a torch covered with a clay pot in the other. You don't have stealth bombers on their way. You don't have machine guns. You got a trumpet and a torch. They could have very easily, when they surrounded, they could easily put down the trumpet, snuff out the torch, and disappear in the shadows. But they stood their ground. They held their position. And then they watched God do what only God can do. They didn't run. They didn't cower. They didn't quit. They were called to be warriors, and they stood their ground. You see, your greatest victories and your greatest fears sometimes are connected as you watch God do what only God can do. And you're going to be afraid. You're going to have doubts. But then you'll watch God get victories. And you're going to be tested. We had 58 men this morning showing up for every man of warrior discipleship. 58 men. Okay? That's awesome. But I guarantee you, some of them are here, some of them are next service. This week, you're going to be tested. And you're going to be tempted. Oh, you're too tired. It's been a long week. Don't show up next Sunday. That is not from God. We have scores of women showing up tomorrow night for Fearless and this week for Experiencing God. You're going to be tempted. Uh, I don't think I'm going to go. I'm really tired. And, and you watch. The kids will drive you more crazy this week than ever. Because Satan doesn't want you to step out and stand your ground. You're going to be tempted to bail. You're going to be tempted to bail. You're going to be tempted to bail in a, in a culture that, that's, that is, is so loose sexually and, and becoming more depraved by the moment. You're going to be tempted to go, oh, I, don't, I can't be a warrior in this atmosphere. I can't parent. I can't def, you know, have someone to, to protect because I'm too scared and I am outnumbered. And, and, and everyone's, you know, there's way more people that are not following God that are following God. Yeah, you'll be like one of the 300 who stood their ground, who held their position. God will, will use you. God will empower you. God will do the victory. you got to stand your ground. you got to show up. you got to dive into God's word and then watch God work. God, watch God give you the power to be the warrior that God is calling you to be. As a parent, as a spouse, as a teenager, as a grandparent, as a leader, stand your ground. Ephesians 6, 13 says this, talking about the army of God. We're in a warfare, not just with, it's not with human flesh. It's, it's a spiritual warfare. He says, put on the full armor of God, the full armor of God, so that when, not if, when the day of evil comes, meaning you're tempted, the, the, the tempter tempts you to walk away, tempt, tempter temp, tempts you to take, put down your weapons, to not be a warrior. When that day comes, you may be able to what? Stand your ground. Not in your strength, but in God's strength with the armor of God. 
stand your ground. And after you have done everything, I've prayed, I've sought God, and I'm going to do this, and I signed up, and I showed up, and after you've done everything in your power, what else to do? Stand and watch God work in your life, in your finances, your family. Watch God watch. God watch God use you as a warrior. And you will be tested to give in to peer pressure. You will be tested to give in to sexual temptation. You will be tested to, to like, oh, I'm having troubles in my marriage. I think I'm going to stand, run away. No, stand your ground. You'll be tested to not use your influence and speak when God wants you to speak. You'll be tested when God calls you to give first and trust him with the rest. You'll be tested to go, wait, 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 I can't provide for my family. God goes, I am your provider. I am with you. Watch, let me, let me, why don't you watch me work? You'll be tested when you say, I need to get baptized. Oh, the next baptism Sunday is next, next, next month, end of the month. Uh, you'll be tempted to go, I'm not going to step forward. That is not from God. That is from the enemy who does not want you to see God work in your life. Every warrior must fight their inner fear of failure. Man, if I step out, what if it doesn't work? Every warrior will be test, tested that way. But a, a step backwards is often the most important step forward. And every warrior advances when they stand there. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for putting in Scripture that you say in your word that your word will last forever. So it's a forever story of Gideon with all of his fears, with all of his insecurities. God, he still, by faith, chose to be willing to be a warrior for you. And you used him in a powerful way. You used him in, in a crazy way. But you wanted to see, wanted him to see you work. So God, I pray as, I, as I'm challenging warriors today, that they will hear from you and the call that you are placing on their hearts that is definitely from you. It's outside their comfort zone. You want them to grow spiritually. You want them to lead in their homes. You want them to resist sexual temptation. You want to, them to be a warrior. And they're going to be scared. Lord, I pray that even if they're a part of the 300 and their entire family and all their friendship groups, they're way outnumbered, I pray, that they would be a warrior for you and they will see you work in their life like never before. We pray this in the name of Jesus, the ultimate warrior. We say, amen, amen, amen. I love God's word. And these stories are real people.